How are you, Jonathan? I thought uh, the last time I spoke to you, Mary Robinson was president. <laughs> I was only two weeks now. Come on. Oh, no, uh, three weeks in your case, actually. You're right. You're right. Sorry about that. I'm back. <laughs> I'm back. You'll be pleased to hear. Um, let, let's talk about Whitey Bulger in just a minute. But um, tell us this story, this this young woman, Amy Lord, because uh, I know this is a terrible story that um, really has upset an awful lot of people in Boston. What happened? You know, it reminds me, actually, I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago, I think there was a girl walking through Ring's End, and it was about at 6 in the morning, and she got grabbed. This is exactly what happened in South Boston, which, as you know, is probably the most famous Irish-American enclave in America. And um, this girl who had just moved here, she'd only been living here about a year or so. She's from western Massachusetts, very rural area. And uh, she was just going to the gym, and when she walked outside, she was taken more or less hostage by a fellow who had a knife. He forced her back into her, her apartment. He beat her savagely, and then he made her drive in her Jeep. She had like a Jeep Cherokee. Drive to various ATMs and use her car to withdraw money. They did that at five places between 6 a.m. and 6.47 a.m. A couple hours later, they find the car burning. Uh, hours after that, they find Amy Lord's body about five miles away in a, in a rural, uh, like a, a, a wooded area outside the, on the exurbs of Boston. And it's very shocking on so many different levels because South Boston is perceived as the safest neighborhood in, in the city, and the crime statistics suggest it is. But it just showed the randomness. And it's like everybody who has a daughter this age is identifying with this across the United States because Amy Lord could be any one of their daughters. Yeah, and it is it is terrible when something like this happens because these random attacks, they are so rare. But when they do happen, it, it frightens an awful lot of people. Um, do the Boston PD have any suspect in mind? There is a suspect in custody. He's charged with stabbing another woman in South Boston some hours after... Amy's uh, death, and he's also accused of trying to stab and confront a woman in South Boston. They have not charged him with the murder. I talked to the homicide detective I know last night. He said they have no other suspect in mind. So it seems to me that this fellow will eventually be charged with Amy's murder. He's been in and out of jail. He seems to have serious mental health problems. He lives in a public. He lives in the same public housing project as uh, President Obama's uh, aunt, and uh, it appears he just has no means of support. He's just living off the government. So it's just one of these things that a lot of questions are going to be asked. Why this fellow was not incarcerated? He seemed like a time bomb waiting to go off, yeah. and unfortunately, he went off on Amy Lord. Yeah, and, and uh, I suppose it's very early stages, but that case is, has a resonance of something else that occupied our minds here in Ireland, the Jill Maher case in Australia, uh, yeah. where a guy effectively was a ticking time bomb walking the streets as well. Uh, that case hopefully will come to court in, in the months ahead. I thought, wasn't there a, 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 one of your, I thought there was a, a young woman from News Talk who was savagely attacked. That's right, yeah, she, she survived, she survived, um, thankfully. She doing her well? Uh, I, didn't, I didn't know her particularly well, but I, I know it was just after I joined the station, but again, horrific, random, random incident. Um, a case that is going to come on uh, to the courts again today, the Whitey Bulger case. Um, you've been covering this for the Boston Globe. There was much evidence about the deaths of women um, in the course of this week, but these deaths were not random by all accounts. No, they were not. That's actually the column I did today is the old Southie versus the new Southie. It's sort of, you know, Whitey Bulger is charged with killing women in the most vicious and venal manners and ripping, uh, having his Confederate Steve Fleming admitted on the stand this week that he ripped the teeth 
from both his lover, Debbie Davis, and from his stepdaughter, Deborah Hussey, in separate murders, and then they trussed up the bodies and buried them in secret graves. And that's the old selfie, and then we confront it with the new selfie today with what happened to Amy Lord. And uh, as I said, evil has no zip code. It's just the way it is. And uh, the prosecution actually will rest today. We were told that by Judge Casper yesterday. And I think this is going to—the the prosecution sent, spent seven weeks outlaying the evidence against Whitey Bulger, and it is so overwhelming— and so the last week in particular, Jonathan, as I said, when we left every day, when we left the court, I would look at other journalists and it's almost like we needed to be power washed. We needed not just a shower, but a very heavy hose hitting us. It just was very difficult. And I know all this stuff, but it's still hard to sit there and listen to another human being recite without any passion or dispassion that what he did to fellow human beings. It's, it's appalling stuff. And to know that the government the FBI and the Justice Department was complicit in this behavior, that, that it enabled this behavior is, I think, the most disturbing part of it. The prosecution is nearly finished at this point. What kind of defense can we expect uh, from Bulger? Well, from what I've seen of the defense uh, witnesses, many of which are being knocked out by the judge saying they're irrelevant and collateral issues, it seems to me that the defense is going to spend its time on the only thing Whitey cares about, and that's disproving that he's a rat. He is not an informer. He is not a tout. You may recall in the opening statement by his attorney, Jay Carney, uh, Jay elicited guffaws from several people in the courtroom, including yours truly, when he said that Whitey can't be a tout because, after all, he's Irish, and there's nothing worse in the Irish consciousness than being an informer. We all found that slightly amusing because the public record shows without any question that Whitey Bulger was an informant for the FBI. There's been a parade of witnesses, including senior FBI agents, who met with him to review his informant status, to ask him if he wanted to remain an informant after the Boston Globe and yours truly exposed him in 1988 as an FBI informant. And he said, yeah, yeah, nobody will believe that I'm an informant. That's what it says in the report. Right. And so he's going to get up there and spend the next week it, it seems weird. He's bringing in FBI agents that, that worked on other cases, and they're basically going to say, yeah, the FBI was corrupt. It's done this. It's done that. This is classic jury nullification. They're basically, the defense is saying, ignore the man over there who's charged with putting guns to the heads of human beings and blowing their brains out. He would not have done it if not for the FBI. Now, there is an element of truth to that in terms of F Whitey stayed on the street much longer than he should have. But Whitey Bulger was a killer long before the FBI recruited him as an informant. In fact, the FBI recruited him as an informant precisely because he was a killer, precisely because his reputation was such that other gangsters would get close to him knowing he was so bad. And the most devastating thing that's in the book that Shelley Murphy and I wrote about him, the, the Whitey Bulger book, is when the mafia figures were asked, you know, why they didn't kill him when it was exposed in 1988 that he was an informant. Mm. Various FBI, mafia figures, including John Gotti and Fat Tony Salerno from New York, said they did not believe that the FBI would get into bed with somebody as vicious and as venal as Whitey Bulger. The trial is continuing and uh, it's, it's worth following your Twitter feed, at Globe, Colin, because you're tweeting from inside the court. You're still using them as your notes, by the way. I am. I have not written down anything in the seven weeks. And I must say, it's, it's the wave of the... F I was slow to this. I was a slow tweeter, as they say. But now it's... 
And the other thing, it, it is remarkable. There are a number of people from Ireland who are following this. I hear from the Irish. They seem to get this better than most people from, like, Idaho. <laughs> I, think, I think they understand the dynamics of informing. Well, maybe so. Look, I'd, I'll tell you what. Speaking of uh, people who are slow to tweeting, one fellow who wasn't slow to tweeting was a guy by the name of uh, Anthony Weiner, who is the... Um, Look, it reminds us who this guy was, what he did in the first place. I would say he's the most appropriately named politician in history because everything keeps going back to his last name. That's why he gets in trouble. He keeps sexting people. And even after he resigned, uh, it must be two years now, he resigned over sexting women and sending images of himself in, I guess he would consider it not compromising positions. He continued to do it. And uh, the guy seems to have a major problem. Now, the, rea- the funny thing is he's running second in the polls to Christine Quinn, who is the uh, speaker of the, of the city, uh, the leader of the city council in New York. Now, uh, the, hang on, the just to clarify, this guy is running for the mayor of New York. Yes. And he and, has now uh, been caught sending pictures he went of out his... The other day, and the wife is standing... Now, the wife was one of Hillary Clinton's top aides. And like Hillary did when Bubba got caught doing all that stuff back in the 90s, she, she is Tammy Wynette standing by her man. Because this is the second bite at the apple, and she says, oh, no, he's come a long way since then. I'm sure he has. But uh, it, he's, the, the instant snap polls of the last two days show he is dropping like a rock. Now, I was surprised that he was even in the race. But the reality is he is still wildly popular in sec- sections of New York. Um, he happens to be Jewish, and that is not a small thing. That's like being an Irish politician in Boston. Yeah. It matters. But the reality is I think this has finally sunk his campaign. Uh, and like I said, this guy seems he cannot get out of his own way. And if I was his wife, I think I would cancel his cell phone contract. <laughs> or at least give him a very old-fashioned phone without a camera on it. Kevin Cullen of the Boston Globe. We leave you go to the Whitey Bulger Tribe. We'll talk to you next week, Kevin. Good man, John.